right. Well, I think that worked, which means it's time for another week in the Rec Poker Podcast. If you hear my voice, that means it's time for the Forums Edition. I'm your host, Jim Reed, and in Bluffsterini in the home games. And if you want to learn about me and the rest of the Wrecking Crew, you can go to rec.poker slash crew. But I am just one man. And I have the best job in the world. So every week I'm joined here by a different revolving group of uh, Rec Poker members and wizards from the Wrecking Crew. Uh, tonight I've got John Somsky in the booth. John, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Well, as you just mentioned, my name is John Somsky and I am Poker Geek MN Everywhere. And unfortunately, you guys are just stuck with me tonight. <laughs> it's a treat for everyone. We get to split it up. A little Jim, a little John, no more of that filler junk. I'm excited to be here. Um, just like we are every week, I, I should thank website AMP. I should thank the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. I should thank all the fun folks in our Poker Stars home games because that's where we are right now, trying to win each other's chips and gain a crack at that elusive pin. And uh, just like every week, we're going to take a post from the Rec.Poker forums and talk about it here on the show. Um, so this week, we're looking at a post by Max Chaos, who uh, sat in on uh, our online review and hang last month. And one of the things that came up in the conversation at the table, because what we do in these online review and hangs, um, basically every month we have this tournament of champions. We take the final table from that tournament of champions. And on the last Wednesday of the month, we review the video footage. We go hand by hand and street by street. Everyone who made the final table is welcome to join, whether you're a premium member or not. And we just go through it and talk about uh, how we would have played, ways to exploit different players, um, how ICM might be a factor in the final table, that sort of thing. And so one of the subjects that came up was bet sizing, specifically open raise sizing, and how some people were opening to 3x and some people were opening to 2x. And uh, was there a good time to do that or a bad time to do that? Or what, what were the ways that we might think about different open raise sizing so it is something that we talk about sizing a lot here on the show um i think there's different factors that that are important um john when you think about open raise sizing are there any sort of general rules that you kind of uh, go by or are there certain things that you pay attention to when you're deciding what size to make that open raise yeah one of the most important uh determinations is whatever the effective stack will be and obviously, the, the more varied the stacks are, the harder that is to make it. But basically, you want to be able to apply pressure every street to your opponents um, and theoretically be able to get in the entire stacks if you decide by the river. So uh, if the stacks are small, you tend to want, you don't need to bet as big. Um, it also, with smaller stacks, they are also in a good position to reshove on top of you. So by making it a small open size, then you are not, you haven't invested as much, you aren't gonna get as good of pot odds, so you don't need to continue with marginal holdings. Uh, so that's probably the biggest thing that I use to determine what my bet sizing will be. Yeah, and the effective stack, just in case people are listening behind, um, at home and don't know exactly what that means, let's say you're in a pot with a few people and they all have different stack sizes. So in this case, 
the Somsky ratio would be really high because uh, the the different stack sizes that that, that affects how, how you might choose some of the sizing. So when you've got a really high Somsky ratio like this, um... <laughs> so just so you know, for those we have to have another segue here. So though for those who don't know what the Somsky ratio is. I mentioned one time that there was the ratio between the largest stack and the smallest stack was quite large. So since then, Jim is trying to make this Somsky ratio a thing. So what he just means is there's a big difference between the big stack and the small stack. It's definitely we're definitely making it a thing, John. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so what, what happens is that ultimately, let's say there's two players in the hand and one of them has 40 big blinds and the other one has 80 big blinds. The most the highest number of blinds that can be won or lost in that hand are 40 big blinds. Um, it doesn't matter that the other player has all these other stat, all these other chips behind. There's just no way to get them into the pot. So we talk about the effective stack being the shortest stack that's involved in the hand. So um, when we're talking about open raising, often what we're going to be talking about is um, what the effective stack is at the table. But as John points out, in a situation where you've got very varied uh, stack sizes around the table, that can make it very difficult. Um, but let's just say for the sake of argument that we're sitting um, at a table where everyone has 20 big blinds. Now you can see if you bet, if you open raise to two big blinds and you get one caller, there's gonna be like between four and six big blinds in the pot, depending on the position of the caller and if there were antis and that kind of thing. And you're gonna have 18 big blinds behind. So if you bet somewhere between two and four and that gets called, you're gonna have a pot that's getting up around uh, 10 big blinds. You're gonna have about 16 back. You're gonna bet again. Ultimately what's gonna happen is with a series of small bets, you're gonna be able to get the bottom chip in, in the stack. Um, so you can make that open raise with even your best hands at 2X and still leverage the bottom chip in your opponent's stack. Let's say everybody is sitting at the table with a hundred big blinds. If you open to 2X, you're gonna be in that same position before where, uh, okay, so there's between four or six big blinds in the pot, but now you've got 98 big blinds behind. And even if you bet pot and get called, and then on the next street, you bet pot again and get called, and on the next street, you bet pot again and get called, you're still not necessarily gonna be able to get um, that bottom chip in. So you have to, because of pot geometry, you have to make the bet the pot bigger on the very first street so that it's proportionally bigger and bigger as you go along the way. Um, Another way to look at that too is because if you're sitting at 100 big blinds deep and you're making a very small opening raise, you are giving your opponents great implied odds or potential mm. implied odds. Mm. In other words, they can call with very marginal hands because it doesn't cost them that much. It's 150th of their stack at that point in time. And as long as they have a shot of getting something like a, a set, for example, or two pair or something that would really uh, put a stranglehold on the, the pot, then it's worth them to call. So you're gonna end up getting a lot of callers because everyone has is deep enough to make the gamble worthwhile. When you're shorter, 
you can't afford to gamble as much. Therefore, you do not need as many chips to put into the pot to put pressure on your opponents. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, because you just don't have that kind of speculative depth behind, um, it makes it a, it just makes it a poor choice uh, to continue it at the larger at the larger sizing for them at all. So uh, I like that a lot. And you can see how um, as you go deeper and deeper into a tournament, typically what happens is the average stack, there's more chips in the stack, but the blinds are going up as well. And usually what happens is the average number of big blinds gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So that as you get closer and closer to the final table, instead of having 100 big blinds, now you've got 50, now you've got 30, now you've got 25. As you start getting shorter and shorter and so does everyone else at the table opening to three big blinds becomes proportionally just a much bigger uh chunk of your overall stack and i think as john pointed out earlier most of our players are going to be most of our opponents are going to be sort of in shove or fold mode a lot of the time here and if you can elicit the same reaction from your opponents with uh, a two big blind bet than you can with a three big blind bet then it just gives you the ability to, when you're bluffing, folding for less money. And if they're going to shove anyway, um, you still get to call with the good hands when you want to. And it's just a better, you're just, you're just risking less and you're not really giving up that much um, when, when everyone's short. And that's the sort of thing. So I, I like to start, if I'm much, if the effective stack's much bigger than 100, I might even open to 4X or in a cash game, you might even open to 6X or something like that. That's not uncommon. We talk a lot about tournament stuff here. So, you know, usually you're not going to be much deeper than 100 big blinds and 3X is about as big as you'd like to open. But as you go down, I go down to about two and a half at something like 40 to 50 big blinds. Um, when I'm down around 25, maybe I'll go down to two and a quarter um 20 15 to 20 is probably just 2x or maybe 2.1 and then it's just a 2x open for me all the way down unless i want to unless i want to start limping um john do you kind of step it down like that as well or, or do you have sharper cutoffs i should step down more like that <laughs> um i tend to just go between uh three 2.5 and two and that's when I'm doing on playing online anyway. And that's really just because I'm lazy and that's <laughs> automatic clicks that I get. Uh, oh, you got the there. bet slider set to, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it would probably be better for me to have more gradation in there. Uh, but right now I do three, two and a half and two. Yep. I mean, it was pretty, pretty nitpicky to get uh, down further than that. I do think there's something valuable about like 2.2, 2.25, something like that. It seems to still have some fold equity uh, uh, additional to the 2x, but you're yeah. still risking such a negligent, a negligible amount compared to even 2.5 or 3. Um, I do, I do, I do. I that that's one. I guess if I was to point out for people to take a look at would be that like two and a quarter from say I don't know 18 to 30 big blinds or something like that. It feels like a nice. Uh, well, you know, I think you could probably, uh, I might be better off replacing the 2X with like a, a 2.1 or 2.2 mm, mm -hmm. because I, I tend to agree. I think a min raise just doesn't get at much um, 
respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even, and I, it, a tenth of a blind you wouldn't think would make a big difference, but somehow it does. It does up here. It does yeah. up here for sure. Cause people, and I think people have also like become conditioned that when someone min raises, we think not only are they min raising, but they're like so wide here. Um, because it's like, you know, they're, they're weak. And, and we also feel like we have to defend wider when someone min raises you know especially out of the big blind i feel like that's that's a we like owe it to some minimum defense frequency to continue super wide against a, a min raise but even if it's just 2.1 or 2.15 i think we kind of feel like you know maybe he's actually folding sometimes here so this might not be a <laughs> like you give yourself permission to get away from it right yeah i think there might be something to that john <laughs> All right, well, let's hear from our friend Jonathan Little and uh, see if we can pick up anything to lead us into the second half of the conversation here. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two time World Poker Tour champion and creator of pokercoaching.com where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. I do it, folks. Go to pokercoaching.com slash recpoker. Get that free account. I was talking to Jonathan not that long ago, and he says if his it's a money-back guarantee if you do decide to sign up for his premium training stuff and you don't think it's worth every penny, just email him and he'll give you all that money back. Can't go wrong. So that was my second favorite, John. Now we've got John Somsky, the, the great one himself, here in front of us. We're talking about bet sizing. Um, oh, and I see we've got uh, Kim in the chat. Kim, welcome to the show. Feel free to type anything in there if you like hope we didn't keep you waiting long we're just talking about a forum post where we're discussing reasons to alter our bet size and so far we've been talking about open raising as a function of uh, the stack size the effective stack size of our opponents at the table i guess the other thing we might and I, we won't really talk about limping as a as a as an open raise size for this episode that's a whole episode unto itself um but we could talk about I think Chris Jones does a great uh, response in here when he talks about specifically adjusting his opening size uh, to leverage his opponent's stack in ICM situations and stuff like that. And I think that's a good, it's a good example of, you know, we talk a lot about having like a constant stand, uh, standard strategy for certain things and not deviating to uh, exploit people too much unless you have information. But stack size is one where you can really put the screws to people um, and leverage their entire stack with with small bets and, and small raises. So I think and, that's and one spot. One point I'd like to, to make is for the information you're using for varying your bet sizing, it should really only be public information. Great point. In other words, you don't vary your bet sizing based upon the two cards that you hold. Because if you do that too much, uh, your opponents are going to be able to figure it out and then they'll be able to figure out what you hold and they'll be able to play better. So the, the, like we said, the, the first thing is stack sizes, but another thing that is often used is position. 
And how do you like to vary your bet sizing based upon position, Jim? Well, I, I look at it a couple different ways. Sometimes I think, you know, if I'm in early position, I'm going to be playing a tighter range of hands. And so in a way, um, and I'm going to be playing out of position. So in a way, uh, sometimes some people want to use a larger sizing there because it decreases the odds of people calling and uh, they get to play sort of more heads up with the blinds in position. Other people like to use a smaller sizing when they're using really tight ranges because they just want to get more people involved in the hand. Um, typically, I use position. The biggest disparity for me when I, for my open raise sizing is on the button and in the small blind. And in the button, as you point out, John, the most important thing is to do it no matter what your hand strength is. So make it the same raise size no matter what. And just let your hand strength determine whether you're going to raise or not. And if you are, use the same raise size. Don't be one of those players that uses 4X for pocket jacks and ace king, 3X for ace queen suited, 2.5X for 10 jack suited and three and a half for ace ace people will catch on to that over time if they're using a hud uh, or if they're just paying attention um so i would always open for instance to a smaller size on the button than i would in the small blind because i always want to be when i'm opening the small blind i want to use a, a larger sizing with my entire range because it's a more advantageous position for the big blind to be in so i want to i want to kind of push them around there yeah, I know when I first started playing, I would try to bet um, smaller from early position because my hand strength would be larger and I might be out of position. And in general, you want to, um, it's better to play bigger pots when you're in position versus when you're out of position. However, I have changed my mind since then and now I think it's, it's better to raise bigger early on because your hand typically is a stronger hand and therefore it can withstand playing a bigger pot, but also that you want to limit the number of opponents that you're mm. against. And because you have more opportunities, in other words, more players behind you have, have yet to act, you want to discourage too many of them from coming in. It is so much easier to play heads up poker than it is to play five way poker. <laughs> We've got some great comments uh, from Kim in the chat here. Um, says she's not really changing much based on position, sometimes versus opponent, but mostly depending on stack size. That's right. I think that is the most important thing. And says uh, small blind is the only position uh, to make it larger. Yeah, that's right. And that is kind of like a unique spot uh, where I think. And then um, uh, why limit opponents with the strongest hand? So I'm not sure if, if Kim, do you mean like, uh, uh, why not just get, why not use a smaller sizing so that more hand, more folks get involved uh, with weaker hands so that your hand can do better in a, in a bigger pot? Or do you mean the opposite side of that? Take your time and type that in while I'm chatting with John here. Oh, the John. way I would interpret what she's saying is by making it a larger bet sizing, you are forcing your opponents to fold their weaker hands. Mm -hmm. Yes. So from that perspective, let them play their weak stuff. Don't make their range stronger uh, by doing that. I just don't like getting into the multi-way pot, um, which is why, like, if I'm, let's say I'm in early position, I'd be more likely to 
uh, in the first couple of positions, maybe to raise up to 3x, whereas I might go a little larger than that or smaller than that from positions later early on in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, Kim's saying, yeah, your range is tighter in EP. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, that, and then position does matter a lot, especially when it comes to uh, not just the open raise, but three betting. And I think everyone should be, if you're, if you're going to three bet, and if everything else is the same in the hand, you should be three betting to a larger size out of position than you should in position. So if you want to have like a standard three bet size, and, and this will vary over time, old guys like me, um, used to, you always had to three bet to nine big blinds or else everyone was going to fold or, uh, like you just couldn't get, um, you couldn't get people to fold rather. Um, these days tournament sizing has gotten a lot more sophisticated. If people are opening two X, I see people three betting to like five and a half and getting folds and stuff like that. So, um, but whatever your size is, I encourage you to think about having one size in position and I would also encourage you not to let the size of the open raise really affect it too much. I would say keep thinking about the stack size as being what's um, relevant when you're thinking about three bet sizing too. Because if they've got 100 big blinds and they open to two, raising it to five and a half is just not going to do is it, it's not going to accomplish anything that you're hoping to accomplish. Um, you have to raise it up bigger than that. But if they have 18 big blinds, well, a bad example. If they have 25 big blinds and they open to two, raising it to eight or nine is wastefully large. And you're better off uh, putting the same amount of pressure on that opponent with a raise to six big blinds or something like that instead. Out of position, you got to raise it up. Do you guys have a rule for this? I always think like two big blinds more, one, one uh, factor more, two to three, something like that. Uh, John, what, when you're trying to think about sizing out of position is there like a formula you use for it or you just um, add a couple blinds no i just kind of try to go a little bigger <laughs> so i don't really have a, a set formula yeah yeah and people have kind of you know three times the raise plus one or something like that whatever formula you like it should suit the game that you're playing in this isn't really a cookie cutter game different player pools are going to overfold or underfold to certain sizing so you just got to keep calibrating and um and uh yeah you know make people pay make people pay with your sophisticated use of sizing that's uh one of the great frontiers in um, recreational poker i think um i've got one more thing we could talk about on this subject john is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we close her out i don't think so Okay, well, I'd encourage everyone, go to rec.poker and check out the forum post. This one's by um, Max Chaos. That's right, my buddy Greg. And the one thing that I'll say in there, there's, there's some good math and other stuff in there, but the reason we talk about 100 big blind poker, and it's the reason why 100 big blinds is the typical buy-in, and it's why most of the strategy is based around 100 big blinds. Just to go through it, this kind of example we were talking about before, if I open to 3x and my friend Greg calls in position and the blinds fold, if we all had 100 big blinds, there'd be seven and a half in the pot right now. Three from me, three from Greg, one from the big blind, and half of one from the small blind. So that's seven and a half. And we'd each have 97 back because we put in three 
as the open rays. So on the flop, there's 7.5 big blinds in the middle. Let's say I bet pot and let's say I get called. Now the pot is 7.5 plus 7.5 plus 7.5. So 22 and a half. And we each have 89 and a half big blinds behind because we had 97 and we put in seven and a half. So now on the turn, there's 22 big, 22 and a half big blinds in the pot. And I put the pot bed in and Greg calls. So now after the turn, the pot is 67.5 big blinds. And look how many chips I have left in my stack. My God, it's 67.5. Um, so you can see how the math of poker is set up so that if you open to 3x and get called in a one bet pot in a 100 big blind stack and you bet pot on the flop, you bet pot on the turn, you're going to have exactly a pot size bet left on the river. So the whole reason we invented three betting is because if you have more than 100 big blinds and you have a hand like pocket aces, you need to increase the size of that pot preflop so that if you bet pot, 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 you can still get um, all the chips in by the end of it. There's literally, otherwise you could do a, a completely balanced non-three betting strategy of poker at 100 big blinds. And as long as you had enough pot size bets built into your um, frequency, you, you could still leverage that bottom chip. So just something to think about when you're thinking about pot geometry, it's really important. And, uh, and how sizing on early streets can really affect um, the trajectory of the hand. Now, one more comment from Kim in here. It's not uh, as much about the pot, but what are they willing to call the pot size bet with? So if they're calling all the way, you better not be bluffing. You said it, Kim. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and you can see why, you know, pot size bets are also kind of this magic number um, when it comes to poker, because it's, it's part of this, it's part of this formula for getting the last one in. So half pot size bets, Kim, I know you're a big fan of those. Um, they've kind of had their own, their own um, place in the poker world as pots, as stack sizes get lower and more like, <laughs> more like tournament poker. Um, uh, you, you don't need those full pot size bets. So that's why tournament poker, there's a real art to smaller bets, smaller raises, minimum defense frequency, you know, smaller stacks mean more pressure from smaller bets and raises. So that's that's why to do that. All right. Well, I guess I'd like to thank uh, Stu and Kim in the chat here for hanging out with us. Of course, John Somsky, Website Amp, Running Aces, Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. Um, and of course, Steve Fredland. Okay, thanks everybody. <laughs>